Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. This is the Entree Architect Podcast, episode 90. Welcome back to the Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, whether you're in the process of launching a startup, or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. One of my favorite parts of running things here at Entree Architect is that I get to speak with people who are thinking outside the box, people who are coloring outside the lines, people who have new, innovative ideas and have jumped in with both feet, making things happen. They're taking their ideas, developing plans, and making progress one small step at a time. This week on the Entree Architect podcast, I've invited Jeremy Weilu, a partner at Delve Design and the winner of the 2015 Charette Venture Group Architecture Business Plan Competition to come and talk to us about innovation and the practice of architecture. This episode of the Entree Architect podcast is sponsored by ArcaSnapper. Learn more at entrearchitect.com slash ArcaSnapper. Jeremy Weilu, welcome to the Entree Architect podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. It's uh, You are the partner of Delve Design. 
and you were the winner of the 2015 uh, architecture business plan competition. Well, you and your partners, uh, the, right. the firm Delve De Design. It's D-E-L-V, uh, no E at the end of Delve Design. We can maybe talk about that a little bit later, why that sure. is. Um, so it's delvedesign.com if anybody's interested in checking out their website. Uh, we met back in June when you won that competition. I'm a, ju a jury member for that competition with Charette Venture Group. If anybody's interested in learning more about the 2016 Architecture Business Plan competition, they can go to Architecture Plan Business. I'm sorry, ArchitectureBusinessPlanCompetition.com. Brand new site just launched last week, so it has all kinds of information about how you could uh, uh, get uh, uh, on the next, you know, submit for the next 2016 Architecture Business Plan competition. Uh, and maybe be in the position where uh, Jeremy is right now. He's uh, he was the winner. He won ten thousand dollars for that for that grand prize, and uh, and they are in the process of, uh, of building their business and having it uh, become what they planned it to be. So, um, so I invited Jeremy to join us today in order to talk about innovation. I think he has a very he and his partners have a very uh, innovative idea for what they're doing with Delve Design. It's much more than an architecture firm. Uh, and I love those firms. I love when architects start thinking out of the box and uh, not only focus on, you know, opening up a studio and, and, and providing architectural services, but so many d different ways of using our talents and our skills. And, and uh, Jeremy and his partners are doing uh, just that. So, but before we get into that, I want to get into your origin story, Jeremy. Uh, I want to know where you came from and, you know, when, what, how old were you when you learned about architecture and, and decided that's what you wanted to do? So tell us, go sort of way back, tell us your whole, whole journey to where you are today. Yeah, well, I, I don't have like the, probably the most logical path to architecture. I never really grew up um, envisioning myself as an architect as a, as a child and I wasn't around it. Um, quite honestly, I grew up in Minnesota. Um, my dad was a on the grain elevator management side, so I was always around farming and and uh, moved to Indiana and uh, eventually, you know, was part of my art classes at, at Indiana. Um, in Indiana was kind of a gifted and talented program allowed us to go to Chicago. And, and one of the things you do is the architectural tours. And for the first time, I really got to see buildings and how um, a, a city could set the environment for really a truly unique experience by the context of buildings and shaping those and. So kind of coming out of high school, I realized that I liked, uh, had a, a love for art, and I was always like this good at math. I realized I couldn't probably be an artist and figure out how to get paid. I was a little undetermined on how to do that. So I, I figured the good intersection of that was architecture, kind of going back to that. And um, I think we'll, we'll get into a little bit with Delve Design as a consistent theme of jumping in, because ironically, I, we moved back to Minnesota after I graduated high school, and I was enrolled in Southwest State in Minnesota, and uh, and working there, and hadn't really picked an, uh, hadn't picked a, a major yet. And with two weeks before school started, I, I had a, just very clearly knew that I wanted to become an architect. I realized I'd you know I'd moved to Minnesota um, just based on the fact my family was back there now, um, and decided to go all in to jump in. So I called my uh, my school in, in Connorsville High School and actually got my uh, uh, guidance counselor who kind of through my grades was accepted over the phone. So basically one day got accepted into Ball State University in Muncie, um, quit my job, um, left Southwest State University and, and moved back to Indiana 
to start school. And so basically I was one of a very few that got selected into the architectural program. So I remember sitting down with the dean and telling him my story and telling him um, how much I was looking forward to jumping into architecture and was accepted in the second semester and never looked back. It's been a great decision. And um, it's one of those ones I feel like in life you get these kind of clear ideas of what you want to do. And if, unless you jump in at some point and take a risk, um, you never really know what's going to turn out. So um, I jumped in and it's a great fit. Yeah. So, so how did you find your way to Delft? What Good did you do? Question. With, with, so, go ahead. Oh yeah. Well, as far as Delft, we, you know, it's important to say that I'm one of four partners and I get a, I get a talk, but I have three very talented partners that we've all worked together throughout our careers. Um, if you look at our careers, we've had 47 years of experience combined in, in all the different, different routes. Um, I had the unique experience of interning in New York City at HHPA. Um, I worked in a smaller firm in, in Anderson, out of school, doing libraries, and then worked for a really large firm in Indianapolis, uh, which is one of the larger firms in the Midwest, and had a very great experiences. Learned a lot. Um, um, had had the idea of kind of being able to work at a smaller, mid-sized, and large firm, and seeing the contrast of all three of those. Um, through that, obviously, one of the partners is my wife, so I've I knew I've known her very well for a while. Um, and then the other two partners I've worked with and saw the gifts and talents that they had. And we realized that, you know, with all four of us kind of combining our talents, um, Chris, Kara, Amanda, and I, uh, we might just have a chance to actually create a, a unique architecture firm, um, Delve Design. So we decided to all jump in the same, the same way, I guess, going back to this idea of jumping in. I feel like, you know, the, the little kid that looks over the edge of the pool and his parents are wanting them to jump in and you're looking around, is it a good decision? And, and as a little kid, you're, you're seeing other people swimming, so you know it's possible, but you're still a little bit scared. Um, I think together we all kind of held each other's hands and jumped in and said there's no looking back. And it's, it's been a fun experience so far. And we're swimming. Yeah. You never know if they jump in, but we're swimming right now. I think that uh, many entrepreneurs, whether they're architects or not, that's how they get to where they're, where they're going, get to, to where they are. My, my original, my uh, episode 000, my introduction episode to this podcast, I talked about, uh, you know, what brought me to Entrepreneur Architect. And that's exactly what I talked. I talked, I used an analogy of jumping off a cliff into the water. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, we used to go to Lake George, New York, and I used to jump off these cliffs into this water. And the first time you do that, you're scared out of your mind. But yeah. as soon as you leap and you feel the, the air rushing past you and the, and the, feel of freedom as you're flying through the sky uh it's an amazing feeling and i think that's much like what entrepreneurism feels like that you it's a big scary leap but once you jump and you start you know you that momentum kicks in uh it's a it's a wild ride absolutely so um tell us a little bit about delve design and and why it's different sure you know i think you know, a lot of times I think we all, everyone's firm is unique just by the people you put together. And I really believe that as a professional services industry, um, we all create our own unique value proposition based on who we are and our, and our skill sets. Um, at, at Dell Design, we, went, we wanted to found our firm. Um, you know, one, of, one of the clear differentiators I think that we wanted to do as a, as a firm um, was there's two ways of looking at architecture firm and services. Um, there's the vertical approach and horizontal. When I say vertical, I'm, t I'm talking about an expertise-driven firm, and that's where we came from. I think the larger firms get, they become very vertical. So internally organized, that means you've got someone who specializes in healthcare and one that, in labs and one in higher education. 
And we love the idea of doing lots of different types of projects. We love the idea of, and, and this is a reoccurring theme of us, is, is stories, elevating stories through design. Um, and for that reason, we wanted to really flip the horizontal or the vertical idea of an expertise-based firm and really say we're about the horizontal process. Um, really make that part of what we want to differentiate about ourselves, and, and, and doing it in a way that creates an experience from the, the client side. Um, you know, clients either they do a lot of projects or they do one project in a lifetime, but that experience is very, very important. So we wanted to make sure that each one of those had the chance to really um, bring out their best story. Um, if it's a business or if they're doing a workplace um, project, um, we want to know why they started it. Why did they um, jump off the, the edge and into the new business and start that? And, and sometimes in a business, you're 15, 20 years into it and you forgot about that excitement. So you want to bring that up. You want to incite that, that conversation early on and really celebrate that through a very um, clear design process through C, synthesize, and design are the three parts that we see. Um, and, that, and that relates back to our name, Delve. Delve, by its phonetical um, pronunciation, is, is, doesn't need an E, so we're about getting rid of the, the extra. Um, so D-E-L-V, Delve, means to dig into research and to understand our clients deeply. Um, yeah, so basically we, we said, okay, can we elevate our, stories, elevate our clients' stories through design? Um, but introspectively, that also meant for us, as we sat around in a table and we said, okay, um, kind of that gut check moment of do we start a firm, um, we all wanted to make sure we had a, an alignment for the big picture. And, and the big picture for us was we've, we have families, we have children, we have passions. Um, we have our unique stories as individuals, but we're also realizing that when we, as soon as we start a firm, we are starting to create a new story um, that is Dell Design, that is when our employees, when we start hiring employees, we want them to make sure that they have a unique story that they're living out. Um, I know that the last blog you had written was this integrated lifestyle. And, you know, our, our firm is, it's really important that we base our, our firm from day one from an integrated approach. That we don't just hire an employee from eight to five and we don't understand the rest of their life. We want to make sure that we're pushing each other to live out the best life that we can. Um, so Delve is, is kind of invasive in the fact that we want to make sure we're living out and elevating our own stories as well. And we don't want to just clock in and clock out. Um, so, you know, one of the things we talk about is true clarity is blurry. Um, when you're clear about what you want, you're clear about your goals, um, your life segments blur together. So who I am at home and who I am at work should be very consistent. Yeah. You want to be passionate and tell that story. So, yeah, so Delve in its heartbeat is about elevating stories through design. So you do that with, with clients. You do that with your employees. You do that with yourselves. Um, how do you do that? How do you, how is the business structured in order to accomplish that? It's a good question. I think a lot a lot of times, for us, it was, and this goes back to the business plan competition. That clarity it is really important for us, and, and that process of going through the business plan competition, whether um, you're a firm that has done one or is going to do one, um, that process for us was really good because when we're clear as as four partners. And we can tell that story consistently, internally and externally. Um, we never are going to attract all the client types and, and projects that we want. It's impossible just to have only the, the perfect projects. Um, but when we understand our story, what we're understanding is when we're telling about how we approach projects, um, whether it be real estate brokers or, or client-to-client type conversations, um, they're starting to understand what we offer. And we're starting to have a unique selling proposition that says, okay, Delve's a little bit different than other firms because of these reasons. Um, so our, our design process and, and how we, I guess, find and seek out the right clients 
is about being very consistent about how um, the firm that we are. Uh, so I think we we're seeing that um, come to fruition in a lot of our, our projects and um, it, it's helping us when it's kind of that the first conversation that you have if, if it starts there and we say we really want to have this really deep discovery side, this visioning part. When we see, um, before we start designing, we want to understand our client. Um, if we're consistent in saying that, we have a pretty good accountability mechanism. So once that first project um, meeting happens, we want to make sure that we are truly doing a discovery meeting, that we're truly having those conversations. And um, it, it's playing out very well that way. And it's challenging us to continue to refine our design process with each project as well. And so Delve, Delve is broken down. It's sort of the unlike other firms, you have, you have three parts, right? And there's three different yeah. uh, pieces that you're putting together to make Delve happen. And, and they're, they're going to happen in sequence and, and as part of your plan. Um, could you yeah. explain how those three pieces, what those three pieces are and how they re relate with, to one another? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so being a small firm, and really embracing, I think, the challenges of a small firm. We looked at this um, Dell design as trying to accomplish as much as we can and starting to, to understand three unique areas that we felt strengthened the whole. So the first one is Delve Studio, which is your traditional architecture firm, which would be structured and, and is very similar. We um, have, a, have a process. We have, we're doing proposals. We're doing everything that you do in a traditional architecture firm. And we're going through the same struggles and aches and pains as an architecture firm. We're wearing multiple hats. We're starting to understand, you know, how do you manage your finances? How do you do all those things? Um, but realizing that small firms are very, we, we struggle from the same things. And, and I love your podcast and the vehicle that, that this podcast offers because it gives a great voice for us to understand and listen to and learn from other, other small firms. So we started looking at this and said, okay, so we want to differentiate and tell our story. And one of the most important ways to do that is through technology. So we have Delve Lab. And the lab is a part of us that basically powers our architecture firm. And I say, when I say powers, it's about designing a design ecosystem or a BIM ecosystem that allows us to have all of the things that we need for like day one, it's, it's Revit. Um, and there's plugins, there's all these different things from a technology standpoint that we need to have at our fingertips. Um, that the Delve Lab basically helps support our firm. So we already hired Liz, who's an amazing um, BIM director for us. She's designing components and building up a BIM ecosystem that we basically have all these parts and pieces that play together um, with templates. And, and I always reference Steve Jobs when he had his, on his last keynotes. Um, he talked about um, the cloud is just working. He's like, when you buy this and you start to get onto this, it just works. And the problem I've seen a lot of times, when we graduate from architecture school, we get our first job, and what happens is instead of learning architecture, instead of drawing with pediographs and, and T-squares, and we end up learning the, the software tool. We, start, and we spend a lot of times with interns having them build components and spending time doing anything other than learning the systems and, and the important part of architecture and how buildings go together. So what we want to do is really empower designers to design. So by providing the lab, which gives us this BIM ecosystem, which has all the objects that you have in there. Um, we don't have to spend time doing that. So we can spend more time designing. So the lab basically helps power small firms through a, through a design ecosystem. I want to take a quick break here to say thank you to ArcaSnapper for their support as a platform sponsor of Entree Architect. 
as a platform sponsor, ArcaSnapper has provided funding and support for our overall mission to become an influential force in the profession of architecture. They recognize the need for small firms to build better businesses in order to be better architects. ArcaSnapper is a simple tool for creating and managing field reports. With ArcaSnapper, architects can draft reports on-site using their smartphone or tablet. ArcaSnapper is easy to use and saves tons of time. Grow your business instead of struggling with field reports. If you want to learn more about ArcaSnapper and get a free 30-day trial, visit entrearchitect.com slash ArcaSnapper. You created Delve Lab, Delve Labs to support Delve Studio. So you have, mm-hmm. you have a, a BIM ecosystem and a system that works for Delve Studio, but you're also offering that to other small firms, right? Is that what you just said? Correct. So Correct, how, yeah. So how does that work? Our, our vision, and you know, this is, I get really excited about this idea because um, it, it's really flipping it on its head. This idea, there's two really contrasting sides of this. You have really large firms who have lots of resources. Um, when you go into the large firm, they have this huge BIM department. They have somebody that's looking at the future of technology. They have somebody that's creating the components. They're setting up and queuing you up to do your best. They're automating when automation is necessary. They're, they're helping all these pieces out. As a small firm, it's very difficult to do that. So we looked at this and said, okay, if we were a small firm and had access to the, all the resources of a large firm, we could compete much better. We could tell our story in more compelling ways. And we said, so what if we do this, but we don't do it for our own good. We help power and give access to as many firms that want to do this as possible so now we all share the same components. We share the same um, resources. So if you have a request for a component, you can you write it up, and we create the component that goes into this shared ecosystem. And, and eventually, the, the the control of the product is really important because at the end of the day, you end up having these systems that all work together. Um, so it's kind of the garbage in, garbage out kind of thing. If if you start putting bad components into your model, it starts to bog down. And we've all probably downloaded things from the internet and components and realize that it looks great, but you don't necessarily need bolts and it doesn't work that right workflow. So we really want to the lab to be this. We see it being, there's 20 some thousand firms in our, in our country. There's, there's many in the world. Um, we see this very, very powerful BIM ecosystem that we can tap into and share um, to help us design. And we're helping create that and give access to, we've already started working with some local firms and continue to um, look at the needs and to continue to support that and grow that within within Delve Lab. Right, and so I mean, Delve is a startup. The whole idea is a startup. You just you just it was you launched last year or the year before that. Yep, yep. Last the year. end of 2014. So basically December and starting out last, early 2015. Right. So the whole idea is is a very new idea, and you're just implementing it now. So Delve Studios is is up and running. Delve mm-hmm. Labs is in its infancy, but it's it's developing. Um, is it's not open yet to the public, right? Delve Labs. Yeah, we're we're looking for um, a select group of, of basically ten firms. We've got we've got two that we're working with right now. And we're looking for an, a, probably another eight to ten to start to gain access to some of these tools to start to understand the workflow of what works and what doesn't. Um, so the minimally viable product is is kind of in its working right now. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the, the heart of this thing is making us all better. 
Um, and we're not going to be able to do that until we start having firms that say, okay, we're either in the adoption stage or the implementation stage. We're trying to move people along that spectrum. Um, we want to understand every barrier and obstacle that they might come across that we can help support. Um, we also are, you know, we're kind of holding a, a I guess, a partnership with other things because we're not going to service everything. We, we see um, teaching BIM as being supported by other agencies, but we're going to help create the ecosystem. So, right. um, yeah, it, it's it's running right now at a small um, level, kind yeah. of the sort of the beta the testing beta stage. Yeah, exactly. So we will have an official launch in 2016, but but definitely partnerships this year. Towards the end of the year, we're looking for at least 10 firms to okay. partner with. If there are people who are listening who would be interested in uh, talking to you about this, how could they contact you? Yeah, I'll um, share my email address, and then we will. We're going to have a, a website up for Delve Labs very soon. Um, that'll be just kind of a more of a page to um, help developing the back end tool of connecting and, and dispersing the ecosystem. Okay. So, so we, uh, if anybody's interested, we'll have the email address uh, posted on the show notes. Does that, does that work yep. for you, Jeremy? Absolutely. Yeah. And I can yeah. say it too, it's right now okay. we can yeah, have a post ahead. as well. Yep. It's just Jeremy at Delve Design. So J E R E M Y at Delve Design, D E L V Design.com. Okay, so if anybody out there is interested in sort of uh, doing some testing and, and trials and errors and with uh, sort of the beta version of Delve Labs, give Jeremy a, a, a ping at his email address and uh, maybe you can help him uh, develop it and some of the uh, the founding members of Delve Labs. So uh, that would be cool. Um, so what's the third part? Yeah, so the last part is, is ideation venue. Um, so one of the things we want to make sure we do is disrupt the status quo. And um, you, you mentioned innovation at the very beginning. And we, heart, we hope that each one of these ideas has innovation at its heart, that we're continuing to evolve and innovate. Um, innovation kind of comes across in different ways. Um, the ideation venue is all about that. So we realize that our, if we're talking about the C part of our design process, we want to bring people out of their context to help them disrupt um, what they've been doing to help um, get them away and give them enough space and time to be very creative, um, to look at the design problem or whatever problem they're working on in a, in a unique environment. So this ideation venue is one that uh, we see large companies in our area or there's Fortune 500 companies that often do off-sites. They'll fly to a specific area, they'll come into an area, and this idea that steel conference rooms don't necessarily give the best ideas that rather if we have a, a space that we can bring these people into, and it's all about this experience of ideation, um, which could have, it's going to have multiple different areas. Um, it's one that we see as kind of a, we would lease out the space, and a lot of people come in for a day. Um, we could help facilitate that, or they can bring their own facilitation um, um, people to help run that. Um, but we want to create this very unique space. And it's, it's, it's different than co-working. It's a different model than co-working. Uh, it's definitely this, this disruptive ideation space. So it's so um, it's a, a space that will be designed to be unique and uh, and and uh, encourage creativity and innovation and, and ideation, right? I mean that's the idea exactly. from a design point of view. And then uh, yep. people can you know these firms or these companies could come in, do these retreats or or uh, you know uh, small conferences. 
you may be able to develop workshops and and uh, creativity workshops that that people can come in and you know, these companies can come in they could hire you to not only take the space but to, to actually uh, teach them how to be creative because that's something yeah. that many people don't really understand you know how to even start you know where do you even start yeah. to, to to ideate um i think that's a great idea do you imagine that once that is up and running and and working as a prototype uh with your firm, do you imagine that you would expand it beyond the one venue? I think that would be worth exploring. Um, you, you look at the co-working spaces and how they've been able to really infiltrate and become very, um, it's a working model that works very, very well. And I, I think that, you know, the next big hurdle that we have, you know, as people continue to evolve and innovate as companies and organization, it's very hard to stay on top of things. It's very hard to um, continue to, to create these moments where you have the big idea, where you have the clarity to run your organization for the next quarter, the next you know month or year, whatever that is. Um, so we believe it's it's extremely important and that it deserves to be in multiple locations. And the model and you know kind of comes back to we design spaces and we become architects because we believe space matters. And we don't see this type of space being offered in, in large cities. Um, so we want to make sure that we create this environment and this experience. And yeah, we'd love to plug it in different areas. And um, it's one of those things we'll have to, of all the, the, the three, the ideation venue is kind of the last to um, come to fruition for us right now as we're launching the lab. Um, Amanda's really heading up the venue. Um, so we'll have to, I see us pivoting. I see us kind of working through that. Um, we've had some interest here locally in Indianapolis, which has a growing tech scene. Um, it's been great to see some of the uh, you know, Salesforce coming here and some really some great companies. Um, we definitely see experimenting and letting this thing grow organically over time. Yeah, I, I love the idea of the venue. I, I think that it could go certainly go grow beyond uh, just the venue, that, that if you had some sort of uh, workshop or some sort of uh, education, you know, design education, uh, that sort of was an option that people could come in and, and be taught design, edu- you know, design, uh, well, taught design and creativity and all of the things that people sort of look at architects in awe that, you know, my goodness, they're these creative people that we can teach uh, other people how to do, how to think that way, how to uh, be more creative. My kids, I just came back uh, a few weeks ago from uh, my vacation up at the St. Lawrence River in in upstate New York. And while we're up there, there's a, um, uh, a program that the local art center puts on. It's actually run by uh, uh, Ann Taylor. It's called Ar- uh, Architecture and Children. And you can go to architectureandchildren.com to learn more about it. It's, it's a, it's, what she's done is she's developed a design uh, program that teaches children uh, or inspires children, really pulls out those creativity, the natural creativity uh, and the creative tendencies of children and teaches them how to structure it, how to, how to, to apply it to their everyday life. Uh, and so I could imagine that, uh, Delph, uh, what, what would you call it? The, the, is there a name well, for a hatch today? It's hatch hatch. Okay. So I can imagine that hatch could, could, uh, pr- provide those types of educational services as well to the general public, maybe even to children that, uh, that they could come in, you know, and, and, uh, do summer camps and, you know, uh, birthday parties and, you know, all these different ideas on how to get what we know as architects 
uh, out to the world and share what we know uh, with other architects and with other corporations, but also with the world at large and uh, teach them where, where, how, how to do what we do. It would be so cool. Great. Yeah. So, um, so those are the three pieces that, you know, Delve Studio, Delve Labs and Hatch, the ideation venue. Uh, I love it. I love the idea. I love the creativity and the innovation. Um, certainly the, the idea and thinking out of the box and, and the plan itself was very developed and very well thought out, uh, which is why you are the winner of, uh, of the competition. So, um, what do you think is your next step, uh, in what you're doing now? Where are you going from, from where you are today? What's sort of the, the thing you're working on? Yeah, well, you know, for us having four partners that are unique, um, we've really started to look at who kind of owns, even though we're all working within the studio, um, we're starting to really make strides in the lab this year. So next steps really is getting that, um, you know, Liz is doing an amazing job already starting to create the BIM ecosystem, um, really kind of going through that validation and, and creating that tool and starting to, starting to share that in 2016 is very important to us. Um, you know, I think the the big thing for us is, is continue to focus and create our kind of the hedgehog um, effect, if you will, making sure that each one of these has has a person that is um, waking up and thinking about it, that they're the one that's carrying the banner for that. Um, although we're doing it collaboratively, that each one of these has um, a focus and enough momentum to kind of push it into 2016 with uh, enough to really be a, a game changing and viable option for us. Uh, we think that all three of these are so important. Um, we're, we're excited because all these things actually happen within small firms. We're just trying to amplify it in some way. Um, we're trying to give some, some, I guess, clarity and some mass to each one of these that we think are will continue to grow. Um, so yeah, I, I think we're, we're excited to see where 2016 brings us. And and so far, we're staying pretty close to the business plan. And again, that clarity was it's kind of neat when you're looking at 2017 and you're looking at your staffing and your projections and saying, okay, maybe we, we overhired in 2016. And it's all theoretical. Yeah, so right. it gives us, even though everything is in theory, it gives us a chance to, I guess the same way you hear great athletes and how they, they envision themselves hitting the ball, they, they picture it. And I think the business plan for us is we're continuing to hold on to this vision um, that we feel will be disruptive. And we feel that when you have mul multiple architects and architecture firms that are saying, you know, this would be a great to have this feature, that things grow. Um, you know, it's, it's a great community to be involved with. Um, the profession in general is one that I think uh, we need to continue to create atmospheres and companies that get the best talent. And, and I think right now the struggle we've got in 2016 and go forward to 2020 is we have more tech startups. We have more people that are launching into programming in, in that space. And it's, it's pulling a lot of the talent. So I, what I love to see, and I love to see the um, architectural business plan competition do is, again, to, I want to take a defibrillator to an industry that has so much potential and so much talent, um, bring that mentality to us because we are inventors, we are creators, we are, we're, we're going to bring that to that. So what I see as Delve Design Studio is, you know, I, I look for us as, as a community to, to keep each other accountable. Um, how are we doing this in our own practices? So in 2016, I look forward to, to letting you know where we're at, um, obviously, Staying in touch and and jumping into this idea is entrepreneurialism within our within our firms. Yeah, I, so. I I I can't wait to watch where you go, uh, and and as you progress, I'd love to have you come back and sort of 
tell us what worked and tell us what didn't work. And uh, because the business plans are developed to sort of get you to where you want to go, but sometimes where you want to go changes, it shifts. And so, mm-hmm. you know, typically your vision and your mission pretty much stay consistent, but very often your goals and your actions sort of adjust and they evolve as you learn and you and you try and, and things don't work and you try and things do work and it you know they sometimes you pivot and so all of those things sort of get you to ultimately where you should be uh and so it'll be very interesting to watch delp design and, and see how these three pieces come together uh and and be a, a, a model potentially for other firms to to emulate to see your success and to see how it works to see that that um uh Architecture can be more than just uh, sitting behind a computer drafting all day and creating, uh, even just creating buildings. It can be more than creating buildings. And so it's exciting to see Delve Design. So I appreciate you coming here uh, and sharing um, your plans and sharing what you're doing today. Uh, that's very exciting and I, and I appreciate you doing that. Your world on the internet again is delvedesign.com. On Twitter, you're active on Twitter, Jeremy Waylu at Jeremy Waylu. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up here? Um, I don't know. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on here, obviously. And, you know, obviously I'm, I'm one of four partners who could have sure talked about this in, um, in great detail as well. But I appreciate the opportunity to be here. I look forward to continuing to listen to the podcast and what the, the community that you continue to build. Um, it's exciting to see. And, um, yeah, I would definitely plug the Architectural Business Plan competition. It was great for us. It was a moment that gave us a chance to be in some really great competition to see what other small firms and other firms in the country are doing. Um, and all we had to do is sign up and it's like you take one small step at a time and we kept on, we, we submitted it and we're like, okay, well, let's do the next step. And we did that. And before you know it, it, it really was a beneficial process to us. And, um, and I can't stress the accountability part. And you know, I, I think at the end of the day, being out there and, and, sharing your vision with other people and it builds a community of accountability that we look forward to uh, being a part of from this day forward. Yeah, that's exciting. So Jeremy, thank you very much for your dedication to the profession and, and sharing your knowledge here today at the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast. Thank you, I appreciate it. If you would like to leave a review for this show on iTunes, please go to entrearchitect.com slash iTunes Or if you find yourself in iTunes, just search for Entrepreneur Architect and you'll find us there. But even more important to me than that review is that you share this episode with a friend. I say this every episode. That's all that matters. We're growing here at Entree Architect and it's only happening because of you. It's only happening because you're sharing this episode. EntreeArchitect.com slash episode 90. Yes, 90. Only 10 more to 100. It's getting close. It only happens that Spreading of the word happens when you share it with a friend. When you email that link, entrearchitect.com slash episode 90 to your friends to share them on the tweet, uh, on, a, on Twitter, and uh, put it on Facebook. Tell everybody you know, because that's how it works. I appreciate it. I, I appreciate your support for what I'm doing. And I thank you for spreading the word. Complete show notes and a direct link for this episode may be found at entrearchitect.com slash episode 90. And just a reminder, if you're interested in learning more about ArcaSnapper, visit entrearchitect.com slash ArcaSnapper. My name is Mark Arlapage, and I am an entrepreneur architect, and I think you are too. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. 
I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got yeah. anything? I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.